Today is Thursday, October 26th, 2023, and you're listening to the Ask a Christian podcast. I'm your host, Nate. Today we talk about the mass shooting that happened last night in Maine, uh, the people dead and the people injured. So we, we give a Christian perspective on that and a political and just all kinds of different perspectives on that and what we think. Um, anyway, then we move on to the Dove Awards, the Christian Music Awards, uh, from October 17th, I think. And we talk about how uh, the dude from Cademan's Call wore a dress and brought his date or his advocate or something, Fellini Grant, the drag queen, uh, quote, Christian artist. Um, so that's fun. Then we talk about how there's still at least a couple people in Christian music that will stand up against that stuff and call it out for what it is. Um, but no one's immune from their own issues. There's still issues with those people, too. There's issues with me. There's issues with everyone. Um, then we move on to um, <laughs> a guy we talk about over and over, you'll hear, um, who, who says it's not about workspace salvation, but everything else he says makes us sound like, well, that's kind of it. And frustrations boil over. Uh and there's still no resolution. Like, I don't know, man. Like, people try to help this guy. We explain things every way we know how, and it's still not enough. So at this point, I'm not sure how to handle that situation, um, of which today I was only a very small part of. But anyway, so check it out and share these links. If you like, check out the Ask a Christian book on Amazon. Uh, check out the Ask a Christian store. Grab a t-shirt. Support this podcast, sharing the gospel with people on the internet. And until next time, we'll see you later, which will be like tomorrow. Bye. All right. Let's see if that's working. And it is. So, you know, if if you don't have uh, Muslim hordes or seething atheists to fight and it's and all the other Christians, if you don't have them, then it's like, all right, where's the oneness people? Right. Because a lot of times, you know, like Brandon and some other people um, will make some decent points against like Islam. So it's like, great. Uh, we'll put our own differences aside. Um, and then if there's no one like that, it's like, OK, oneness and Unitarians and Trinitarians, we all we all fight it out. And then it's like if there's none of them, it's like, oh, you mean you're both just Protestants, the Calvinists and, you know, not Reformed people? You're Protestants that are pretty close together? Okay, well, let's fight about that now. Let's, like, pick the differences and fight. So that's kind of what it got whittled down to because, like, the most people that now you have to, like, follow the clubs and follow the houses to even see these things. So it's like, well, the most, the, the most I guess, like my view, since I'm the one that runs the room, are the ones who most follow this room. So it starts with, I don't know, you and Steph and Malik and, you know, people like that, kind of like Protestant, uh, Protestant people, some reform, some not. Uh, that's about as far as it gets. And then, you know, there's a couple Catholics like Vic and and then I don't know, there's like Michael, the friendly atheist <laughs> and, and some people. But it's mostly like our kind of branch of Christianity. So it's like, well, if you have people that are really similar. I guess let's find the few differences and then have death matches over that. Not unlike, you know, on one hand, since Calvinists are only like 7% of the world's population, not unlike white people are like 6% of the population of the world, but all 6% of white dudes, uh, well, I guess if it's white dudes, that'd be like 3%, but are just about to be called domestic terrorists because the psycho guy shot up 60 people and killed like 22 last night in Maine. Did you hear about that? So I did hear a, about that. Was yeah, there... and he's a and he's a white guy. That's probably all you heard because I heard white like a thousand times last night. If it was a not a white guy, they would have been like gunman, gunman, the gun killed people, the gun killed all these people. But because it's a white dude, now every white guy's bad and every gun is bad. So you know, getting ready for that one. Yeah, that sounds about right. Not yeah. to mention, so, so yeah, go ahead. Yeah. No, I was just gonna say it's like it's tribalism. So it's like. 
you know, this is my tribe. This is my peoples. I found my peoples. Everyone else is the enemy. And then if you, we want to talk about differences in Christianity, we could talk about the recent Dove Awards on October 17th, I think, where, um, you know, pick your nonsense that you want to talk about today. So we've, we've got, uh, you know, all white guys are bad because one, you know, they're like, one guy, uh, you know, did all this carnage with a gun, blah, blah, blah. You know who didn't do that? 320 million other citizens didn't do that. Uh, anyway, so the, the Dove Awards, you know, that stupid... Oh, like, man, I've never liked Christian music. Like, anytime I like Christian music, it's always, like, more like praise and worship music, like that you'd hear at church. It takes a lot for me to like, like, like I can't stand contemporary Christian music. Um, if it's, like, kind of hard rock, like, like maybe, like, Skillet or Red or something like that, or Demon Hunter, Demon Hunter is awesome. Or, you know, whatever group you were talking about, um, that that's a little bit better. Like, I do like Skillet and some of that stuff. Anyway, so at the Dove Awards, where they're just handing out trash awards, um, for like K-pop or K-joy or love or whatever that is. I can't stand contemporary Christian music. Um, did you hear, um, have you ever heard of Flaney Grant? It is a Christian artist drag queen that is completely disgusting on every possible level. Um, I mean, even if you don't I guess have we're a, using Christian in scare quotes here, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I mean, you know, the same way as like the, uh, it, it, yeah. <laughs> so even if you don't have a problem with drag queens, you'll have a problem with Flamey Grant. It is so ho, ho, next level. Um, and because of that, because uh, you know Cademan's Call, I only know their name. I, I think Caleb is the guy because I saw it in the headline, but it's one of the singers or members of Cademan's Call, which is that contemporary, like, <laughs> I can't stand it. But to show solidarity, because people were giving Flamey Grant a hard time because, you know, it's everything but Christian, um, they wanted to be affirming, um, LGBT affirming. So they wore a dress to the drag show and made this big public spectacle about how they need to check their privilege because as a white cis male, they used all the right pro pronouns and all this other stuff. And dude, I, I couldn't hardly get through the article. It was just vomit inducing. And then they had a picture. So, you know, look that up if you want nightmares. Um, he, in a dress, was showing solidarity with Flamey Grant. And to the credit of someone who was there, uh, the John Cooper guy from Skillet, like the, rah, rah, the singer guy um, <laughs> with uh he he was doing an interview he's like i'm literally speechless so so he came out pretty hard uh so you know he's probably gonna lose his job and get canceled now but he came out pretty hard against it so i'm like okay good at least there's somebody who's remotely level-headed there but you know it's also the same guy who stood with david hogg uh remember that guy that was like literally everywhere like he it, it, like when hitler was yeah. poisoning himself in the basement he was there when every gun was ever killing someone he was there when the moon landing happened, he was there. Um, <laughs> anyway, so that guy, so like when, when the, what was it, Parkland and, and was it Orlando, wherever Parkland was, uh, that got shot up, um, he stood by David Hogg and was like calling for an end to gun violence. So, man, to just find someone who is not completely bat crazy, I don't know. But I mean, you know, I guess that part was good on him. So he doesn't like guns, but, you know, he, he doesn't want to affirm, quote, Christian drag queens like Flamey Grant either. So anyways, guys, that's your topics. Uh, pick one. Let's uh, let's see. I think Sean was your next. Sean, you want to talk about how white guys are going to get blamed for uh, mass shooting in Maine? Or do you want to talk about Flamey Grant and how that's the face of Christianity? I like the, uh, the shooting myself, to be honest with you. Right, I, just like how, I, just like, I just like how the, the, the narrative shifts. It's like, all right, let's figure out who's the shooter. 
figure out who he is, and let's see what what what, what kind of a uh, story we can twist. If he's white, yep, we're gonna we're gonna pin it on the white guy. And if uh, he's a different race or whatever, we can't even name the suspect. But yeah, it's it's so weird. It's like in one aspect, you know, a uh, person shoots up a mall. Then if it's a white guy, then you know, guns are bad and guns kill people. And yeah, the narratives that they push are just outrageous. You know, on one on one aspect. They're going to be like, guns are bad, but when World War Three happens, everybody's going to need a gun. It's just, I don't know, man. This world is just so, so far removed from God. It, it's just sad, you know. And at, as America, they're like, oh, yeah, America is a Christian country. By, by no means is America a Christian country at all. You've got a lot of Christians that live here and say they're Christian, but in no means is America a Christian country. You know, much like, uh, much like they say cleanliness is next to godliness, I think common sense is next to godliness. And you know, also biblically consistent, straight and narrow is the way, and few who find it. Man, there are so few people who have common sense. It's like, a bad guy with a gun shot up people. What's the answer? Get rid of all guns, except the bad guys that aren't going to do that. So it's like, you know, is a lot of Israelis really are, are left-leaning and hate guns. So, you know, when, when that attack happened, um, a lot of them were not prepared. They did not have guns. So they died. Um there, there are some videos of like, I, I don't know if it's an army reservist or someone over there, IDF reservist or something, but they were in um, a little block where, where Hamas was like running around shooting guns, uh, you know, shooting into houses, uh, ripping people out, chopping their heads off, all that stuff. Um, but this guy was like the only one in like a, the block area who had a gun. So he's like, well, I had a gun. So I started shooting back and they all ran away. I'm like, there you go. And everyone was acting like it was some crazy thing. I'm like, guys, People don't like getting shot at. So, you know, if you have people who are like bloodthirsty maniacs, like shooting people and there's no one to shoot back, they're going to keep shooting. If people return fire, they, they, you know, lose a little bit of their taste for blood and they go somewhere else to someone who doesn't have guns. But it's, it's just stupid. Like common sense is so rare. It should be considered a superpower. Um, what, Sean? Yeah. No, I was going to just piggyback off of that. Now on the same, on the same breath, like I'm sure you guys have heard, that if uh, you're, you know, you're bullied or whatever, or the first thing you should do is go over and smack the biggest person in the room to make yourself known. Same thing. I mean, if more, if somebody, I, listen, I, my, I want God to be with that whole situation. I hope that guy is apprehended, shot in the face right then and there. You know, justice beats him right then and there. Um, I'm not trying to justify what happened at all. But if, if one of the 50 people might have had a gun, you know, you know, would the other people have also been hurt? You know, granted, a lot of it, they're they're saying that it was a you know uh, underage little uh, uh, get together. You know, uh, you know, God be with those families. Yeah, I'm not trying to take that back, but if, if just somebody in the, in the bowling alley had a gun and, and had their Second Amendment with them, you know, would this have been over sooner? You know, so I think more good guys need to carry guns because you're not going to get rid of evil. That's not how. You, that's the only way you get rid of evil is by having more good. Like literally, evil is just the absence of good. People don't understand that. Like wherever God's not, the devil's going to be. Like it's, it's just it's just how it works. You well, know? I agree. And then, like, I mean, ask yourself this question: Just like, like this, this is kind of like the lowest common denominator of displaying and a monochrome of common sense or not. Okay, you're in a situation; crazy people are trying to kill you. Would you yourself rather not have a way to defend yourself, or would you rather defend yourself? Running is not an option. The scenario is, it's like the train tracks, like you don't get a third option. The scenario is, 
people are like outside a thing you're they're coming in you're you're gonna get shot would you rather have no gun or would you rather be like oh you know what <laughs> they're trying to kill me anyways sure give me a gun um i think most people would be like okay you know what i don't even like guns but if the choices don't have one or have one yeah i'm, I'm gonna go ahead and have one and you know do, do the best i can uh caleb what's up what's up anything you'd like to say um, I don't know. I, I feel like with this, these mass shootings, they get frustrated because I imagine, I mean, it depends on the case, but typically it's, you know, some 18 to 20 something year old. I don't think it was in this case, but white guy with a AR-15. And I can't help but think that a lot of these guys are just looking for attention as in their, you know, they were the outcasts and kind of the nobodies who were probably bullied and were rejected and are incels and just want to, they're basically suicidal, but they just want to take out as many people as they can before they kill themselves. Right. So I feel like having their picture on the news and giving them basically their five minutes of fame is the worst thing you could do. I think it'd be better to just keep them obscure and to not say their name, just have it like identification number or something. Because, I mean, I guess you know, I, I guess I get my shooters were on time magazine for crying out loud, but it is kind well, of sad that Erica, you, you can become famous by being a mass shooter. I mean, I guess I get that to a point, but I think that's like not focusing on the biggest issue. Um, I mean, that that that's I guess it's important not to like you know glorify them or put them out in case they want that five minutes of fame or whatever. Like, I don't know a bunch of people who have like botched it and haven't died who have said, "Yeah, I did everything I did so I could get on Time Magazine." Like, I'm I'm not aware of any of them that that say they did it for the fame, the ones that lived. Um, so I, I I take the point and I kind of agree with it, but I think that detracts from from all the bigger issues besides like, you know, promoting their name or knowing who they were. Like, I, I think, you know, is the SR, SSRIs or something like that. Like, like almost all these people you find out later was on like this, like antidepressant meds, which like can really mess with people and make them more homicidal. Um, so, I mean, I think there's a, a lot of these like chemical dependencies and things like that, not to mention like, you know, different forums or, you know, <laughs> put on your tinfoil real fast. Like things don't seem to be going the way, like whoever, pulls the strings once in Israel right now with like maybe people calling out propaganda where like a year ago they would have just take it, taken everything hook, line and sinker. So like when they show puppy dogs being pulled out of rubble and rescuing, like that just screams propaganda. It's like a freaking puppy dog. Come on. Um, so I, I don't know. And is it because like Joe Biden, like our dear leader bombed his speech so bad yesterday and was like a corpse. Um, I, I, I don't know. Like, is there some reason that like, when when something big on the world stage happens it's like oh you know call up the next uh, mass shooter i i i don't know man i i just don't really trust much of anything at this point and it's like the vaccines yesterday right like the world was not anti-vax until covid <laughs> now there is a much larger population that doesn't trust any uh, uh, vaccines so great you've created a bunch of anti-vaxxers so it's like every time there's a mass shooting event it's usually because something else on the world stage is taking effect and maybe it's not going a certain way people want. So they need to change the narrative or distract or create a distraction. So it's like, I don't know how many people have been like grooming these people over like the Facebook chats or WhatsApp or whatever. And they, they know just what it's going to take to push them over the edge. And they're like, all right, guys, push it, push them over the edge, like send them to crazy town. And like, apparently this guy had like a mental break, like over the summer and he was like a firearms instructor and like, um, had a problem with like the army. I don't know if he his like former military or what, but he had a problem was like threatening to shoot up bases. So why last night did he have a mental break over the summer, threaten to shoot up army places, but then all of a sudden decided to go to a bar in a bowling alley? Um, man, I don't know. Steph, what's up? 
you'll just get rid of uh, the bad guys with your your cauldron and broomstick, I suppose. Perfect. Yes, that's my plan. What's going on in Maine? I just woke. I've got kids. I haven't googled this. What's happening? Uh, a dude walked into like a bar, uh, bowling alley, I guess, and like some other place, and just started unloading and killed like twenty two people, and like sixty were injured last night. Last night? Oh. Yep, last night. And apparently he's still running around and no one's caught him yet. <clears throat> Where so, is this like a rural area? Is this in a city? Uh, it was in, uh, what was the name of it? Litz, uh, it? It started with an L. It was in uh, Maine. It was like four hours. Almost everything Lisbon. in Maine is a rural. There's not much of a city. Even the big cities in Maine are not huge cities. Oh, that's terrible. Uh, Nate... In other news of people losing their minds and uh, getting mad, you should have seen Marquise yesterday go after a Hebrew Israelite on this very stage. <laughs> it was amazing. I have never seen him so New York like. Passion is what happened. <laughs> New York passion, and that's all. It, that's all it was. Listen, he was. He was calm. He was rational. He was perfectly, but I mean, I, that was, I don't know, seeing someone who's never upset, get angry was, I loved it. You read, you really need to listen to the replay. It was worth it. He booted the guy to the audience. <laughs> Are we talking about Apostle Hulk? Is that what we're talking about? Oh, snap. As usual, I know nothing about this and wasn't there. <laughs> well, your room went until like 7 p.m. yesterday. And then oh, I handed gosh. out green beans. It was it was great fun. Uh, Faithful, oh my gosh, Faithful went back and forth with Bob for a long time. Oh yeah, time. I heard you say that you uh, you enjoyed whatever Bob said. Like, what did Bob say that was good? <laughs> okay, listen. What's his name? What's the one Duffy the the oneness theologian? It's like the most famous oneness theologian. Hold on, I gotta go back. I thought that was Marvin Sanguinetti. No. no, you're thinking uh, Dale Tuggy. You're thinking Dale Tuggy. Yeah. Okay. Listen, Dale Tuggy. So Bob is up here talking to Faithful, right? And Bob goes, "Well, I have a picture of me and Dale Tuggy down at the local <laughs> sandwich shop, and he and I had a sandwich together, and uh, he paid for it, and then he took a he done took a selfie, and then he texted it to me, right? I got a picture of me and Dale Tuggy." And then Faithful is like, no, you do not. You absolutely 100%. You are crazy. You do not. I do. So then we're trying to teach him, all right, here's how to PTR it or it didn't happen. And he's like, I, d I can't PTR it. So we're trying to figure out with Bob how to PTR this photo. And all of us, I, and for the record, I said to Faithful, no, I believe him. Like, Bob, I don't know why I believe him. Uh, anyway, after much uh, disbelieving, if you PTR, you will see the photo of freaking Dale Tuggy took of him and Bob at the local sandwich shop. Yeah, I mean, I don't know why anybody disbelieved him. I mean, Unitarians are so few that, like, the fact that they all personally know Dale Tuggy is unsurprising. I just wanted to make sure Dale's okay and Bob let him go. I mean, <laughs> have we, have we yeah. heard from him since this picture happened? Uh, yeah, actually, because I think, well, P so let's put it this way. You know how James White debates like everybody? Like you'll hear, oh, and James White's going to debate so-and-so. Like James White wouldn't even bother with Dale Tuggy. <laughs> He's just like, nah. Can we also take a moment to just give a round of applause to Steph's impersonation of Bob? Because when I say it, it was glorious. 
<laughs> it was pretty good. Yeah. I think he she nailed the uh, the accent. I love Bob. But yeah, Faithful Engaged Bob, for what was it, Yvette? Like three, four hours? It was like a long time. And I was just sitting you at my computer. You stick around and listen to that? Well, so I was sitting at my computer and working. So yeah, I, I listened to the whole thing. I let Faithful take it. And the room kind of got bigger and smaller and whatever. And people were coming and going. But yeah, Bob, I mean, Faithful Engaged Bob. But the funny thing is that... <clears throat> I, I love Faithful. And when he goes after the Hebrew Israelites, he always matches their energy, right? And then he seems to get, like, concerned. He'll be like, oh, you know, was I too rude? I don't want to be one of those brothers who's, like, screaming at people. And I'm like, yeah, but you match your energy. And the whole time with Bob, he was laughing. He It was actually a really pleasant conversation to listen to. People were complaining in the chat saying that it wasn't going anywhere. And, of course, like, Bob's not Bob's not about to change sides or anything. But the conversation was really nice. Like Faithful was walking him through different things, talking to him about logic, showing him different scriptures, and they just had like a nice chat. So yeah, I enjoyed listening to that while working. It was fun. It was like a volunteerism at like a senior citizen facility or something. <laughs> yes. Wow. <laughs> like he was an orderly or something. Okay, this is too keen by y'all. Someone talk Steph, are you familiar with Flamey Grant's music? Ugh, only through you, and I desperately wish I could unsee what I saw. Any other so takers? Yes. Anyone curious who's going to take the bait? No one wants, nobody, guys, don't. Just say no. You don't want to see this. You said flamey, Grant? That is what I said. <laughs> no, it is a, quote, sketchy. Christian music artist, um, drag queen. What? Oh, now you're curious. Yep. I'm not we'll curious. Wait. I'm not <laughs> curious. I'm so not. I am appalled and like a little, my stomach turned a little bit, but okay. It is quite disgusting. You know what's worse though? Chris, was it you who last night sent me the female pastor from Not the Bee, the Pastrix? No. Wait, that was me. Oh, that was Nate? Okay, I knew I saw it in Discord. Usually Chris sends me random articles like that. Oh, Let's God, talk about oh, God that told her instead. it was cool. Yeah, well. Yeah, give us a little backstory because I, I don't remember the names and stuff. So if people want to look it up, like tell people what it is and where they can find it. But yeah, it was basically the, the pastor that said like God lied to humanity and God's cool with abortions. Yeah, give us some background, Amy. Uh, Ste- Amy. <laughs> yeah, great. Amy Stephanie. Uh, Blaming Stephanie. Don't even. Don't. All right. So Not the Bee has posted a news article about this woman who calls herself a pastrix which I guess is now the female form of pastor, which I don't even know where to begin. Well, no, no, okay, so pastrix is a joke. So pastrix themselves would never call themselves pastrix. No, okay, she does. (laughs) Oh, she does? Yeah, it was a serious thing. It's like Latin X, but it's like pastor X or something. It's like the newest woke term. That's a thing? That's a thing. Click on the article. It's in chat. Yeah, go ahead, uh... Steph. Okay, so she has this. I'm opening the article. I mean, the video. So I read the article because the writer of this article has some phenomenal writing skills. Uh, the PCUSA is a denomination flapping in the breeze of relativity, uh, futilely attempting to scratch even enough itching ears in the world to stay relevant. I mean, that's just this writer is phenomenal. Anyway, so this woman is teaching under PCUSA, and she, in this article, in the link I posted, there's a video of her where, I mean, I think the top quotes from the video are that she said, she's teaching from Genesis 1, about how women 
as the daughters of Eve are not the problem. Women with their abortions and their skanky outfits are the daughters of Eve are not the problem, right? The problem, what I could glean from the three minutes that was put together of her sermon, the problem is God. Uh, because God lied to Eve in the garden. Uh, neither Adam nor Eve died. And the serpent told the truth. So the daughter of Eve, uh, uh, well, Eve herself, awakened her own moral awareness. She made the correct decision in choosing to believe the serpent. And the daughters of Eve benefit from having that moral awareness that Eve gave us. And so we should be thanking Eve for believing the serpent who was the truth giver. If you don't believe me, click the link and listen to the sermon because that's what she said. That is poisonous. Oh, that's, that's, Isn't that's, it? that's like straight up Luciferian. I'm going to go out and worship the devil because the Bible says he's a good guy. Uh, no, no, Marquise, um, the, the words you're looking for are inclusive. <laughs> oh, my. Stunning. Ah, brave. Mar <laughs> ah, Marquise, what do you know about Luciferians? I don't hear many people talk about that category. So there's two kinds of Luciferians. Um, there's the Luciferians who sort of just call themselves Luciferians, but they don't actually seek to, even if that's what they're doing, they don't seek to like worship the devil in like a satanic occultic ritual they call themselves luciferians as a way to uh you know assert antithesis against religion in all forms christianity um especially uh and so they call themselves luciferians because they you know they they consider lucifer like an example of uh, what's the word intellectuality as opposed to mysticism and spirituality or tradition and religiosity, whatever. Then there's Luciferians who actually legitimately believe that Lucifer is the bringer of light and truth, that the Bible got it wrong, that the Bible is a lie. Not unlike what this, what this person is saying, like basically turning everything about scripture on its head to say Jesus was false and God is a lie and the devil's actually like the giver of love and light and truth and he's the designer of the world and, and Satan is the true God and, and God is not real and Jesus is dead, that kind of thing. Um, so one, one nuance I would give you to that because there are many members of Congress and people in the music community who um, consider themselves Luciferians. They see Lucifer and the Satan as two different beings, so they don't think Lucifer is Satan. So I, I think that that's an important point, a, a differentiation there. Yep, agree. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, I mean, I read that article, and, um, I, you know, one good thing, though, <clears throat> I, I do remember reading it said, like, her— her is it a her do you have to call it they or you know satan or demon something or what i don't know their pronouns but it's probably not her uh but um that preacher the pastor x um her its audience is apparently eight to ten congregants so i mean i guess if there's one positive thing um not a whole lot of people are buying it if there's one negative thing um at least eight to ten people are actually buying it <laughs> so um you know i guess there's that Nate, I have a provocative question when you're ready. 
Ooh. All right, it's pretty quiet. Go for it. Is it about Flamey Grant? Please tell me it's about no. Flamey Grant. I mean, I thought no, I thought that would do it. <clears throat> no, so, um, you know, I'm looking at how the U.S. went to war with Afghanistan in comparison to how Israel is at war with Palestine. And my question is, is how the U.S. fights war an example of a New Testament approach versus how Israel goes to war an example of an Old Testament approach? Uh, wait, uh, okay, that, well, that's wait, not well, a, that. That question's got all kinds of premises loaded into it. Yeah. So, so what's the the actual like with as few extra things as possible? What what's like the baseline question? Like when we do modern warfare, why is it more like New Testament approach versus the Israelites in the Old Testament? No, no, I'm talking about Israel right now. Oh, oh, okay, okay. Well, you have. Depending yeah. where you're going with that, um, th there's two different things I, I see to try to get on the same page. One, uh, they didn't always do it the same way in the Old Testament. Remember, like typically a prophet would say, you know, thus says God, and they would like go do war and like wipe out everything and completely obliterate everything. But that's not how they always did it in the Old Testament because there is some examples of times where they were supposed to do that and they didn't do that. Um, and bad things happened. So kind of like, um, let's just start 70 years ago or whenever Hamas came on the scene, um, you know, this constant cat and mouse back and forth. We're going to kill you. You're going to wipe you off the scene of the earth. I mean, it's basically the Old Testament story playing out again. And, you know, all Israel does, they don't do what they used to do and completely destroy every, uh, you know, every bit of their enemy who's sworn them death so they can have peace because there's, there's not their enemy anymore. Um, they just try to like beat them back long enough to like live to fight another day. Be like, no, 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 just stop killing us. We'll have peace. Stop killing us. We'll have peace. So that would be, in my humble opinion, one of the examples of Old Testament done the wrong way, where it's like, look, if you can't get reprieve because your enemy constantly attacks you, saying they're going to kill you, saying they're going to like genocide you, if that's the only option you're given is to like let them do that, or if you have superior power, you just beat them back enough over the years and whenever they get their strength again they come and kill more of you and they just do this over and over it's like guys at some point follow your bible like rip off the band-aid and once and for all decimate everyone who is actively trying to murder you um anyways so that's my answer they didn't do that sometimes in the bible bad things happen they aren't doing that right now they haven't done that for the last decades and bad things continue to happen so I'd say it's not so different than than Bible times. We have examples of both on either side. All right, I'll, I'll dial my question up one degree higher. I think the U.S. military is very conscientious to not uh, hit civilians and also tries to rebuild countries. Like, I think Afghanistan is better off after um, our intervention there. You had generations of women who were able to be educated for the first time. So uh, I would say Afghanistan was in that game. Wait, um, are you saying currently? Right, wait, wait, wait. Are you saying right now, currently, Afghanistan is better than before we went in? Absolutely. Here's why. Okay. Because, wait. Let me give you my reason. I think it you just tried. Their ten year, yeah, ten years of freedom, right, is better than none, and the women there are better equipped than they ever were before. Okay, now I will counter that and say that maybe while people were there, uh, you know, somewhat occupying and keeping some sort of peace, 
sure, you have a point. Uh, since our dear leader left $80 billion of equipment and money and even dogs and helicopters and the best high-tech gear the world has ever known, they just left it there. And instantly, like who was in control of Afghanistan before? It was the Taliban. They're not great. You know who's uh, making a resurgence in Afghanistan now? Freaking ISIS. Um, so, you know, the people who are under Taliban rule, I guarantee would love to be under Taliban rule again if ISIS is, their, uh, is the alternative. So, no. And also, not only them, but, you know, you see, like in Israel right now, like the Gazans posting pictures, instead of the traditional AK-47s, now they have, like, the latest and greatest M4s. You know where they got those? Afghanistan. So not only did we destroy Afghanistan and make it infinitely worse, um, we also are destabilizing the region, and in large part, our equipment from Afghanistan has made its way to Gaza. So, you know, on a multi-regional scale, we have screwed the pooch. All right, well, let me give you two thoughts on that. So number one, from a data Let me contribute after you see violence, violence is way down in Afghanistan. The Go there and report live to us. Are way down. I mean, just, just statistical data. Um, and it does matter that there were women educated. But let, let me even yield your point. Let's say that you are right. Let's say you're 100% right. The U.S. intention was to do good, okay? That was the U.S.'s intention. That's the efforts that we made. My point in comparison with Israel is... Uh, you're cutting up pretty bad, CEO. I would like to say something from a historical perspective. Uh, well, go ahead and say it now because CEO was cutting out. Uh, CEO will give you a few minutes to see if you get a better signal. Go ahead, Marquise. Right. So... First off, I think there's a major presupposition that is, um, I won't blame you, CEO, um, it is a commonly peddled misconception that asserts that Afghanistan was absolutely terrible before we went in and we somehow made it better. If you look at a larger scope, back to um, even the 50s and 60s, actually there's a novel that covers this, if you ever get the time, it's called um, A Thousand Splendid Sons, written by guy named uh, Khaled Husseini, A Thousand Splendid Sons. And that book actually very well chronicles the historical progression, the rise of the Taliban with the fall of the Soviet Union. But what you'll see is long before the United States got there in the 70s and in the 80s and in the 90s, in the larger cities uh, that were a little bit more progressive and a little bit more in tune with the global economy, the global scale, you didn't have censorship, and you did have women being educated. That's long before the United States came in the early 2000s. So again, that's a very common misconception that we've peddled, you know, we've swallowed our own Kool-Aid in saying that, you know, we've made it somehow better, we've introduced concepts that were not there. The, the, the reemergence of the burqa and, you know, all of the covering of the Head and all of those different things where sort of women um, are no longer allowed to, to walk around the city without any kind of male escort. They have to get permission, you know, uh, to do A, B, and C. They can't attend any sort of formal education. That is all after the Taliban comes back towards the 90s and the rise of it, um, you know, towards the 2000s. But in the 60s, the 70s, the 80s, in uh, places like Kabul, you're going to see women walking around without their heads covered 
by themselves shopping their dressing, not unlike people in Europe in that time period, you're, you're going to see a significant amount of progressivism in their major cities where, that you wouldn't see in like outskirt places like Harat, as an example. Um, but yeah, they, they were educating their women and giving their women fair and equal treatment long before the U.S. got there. Okay, yeah, so so good point. Um, let me finish my point. So if you look at what we did in Germany after World War II and Japan, if you look at what we've done with Vietnam, if you look at what we attempted to do with Afghanistan and Iraq, it's clear our intentions are to help these countries end up better at the end of the day. I'm not convinced Israel's objective is for Palestine to end up being better at the end of the day. So that is my comparison between New Testament approach to war versus Old Testament approach to war. Well, I, I mean, it sounds like you're comparing Israel to the United States, but I mean, I mean, I guess I really have an opinion on that. I mean, I think better, yeah, because, and also, I, I mean, I guess reason doesn't matter. Like, do we want, does the United States typically want things to be better just out of the goodness of our heart? I would say no, but to your point, intention doesn't matter. Like, it seems like for whatever reason, they do try to rebuild. Um, you know, to have a, a colony or an empire or something. But, I mean, Israel, like, you know, it doesn't seem like they're in a super big hurry to help Palestine, like, you know, be a great place. Um, but also, I mean, you know, you if people have attacked, if there is an, I mean, if there's like a, a terrorist event, like, it's so hard to compare, right? Because Israel's so small. So even if there is as many terrorist events um, in a, in the United States, it still would be easier to absorb because it's so much bigger. So, I mean, it's not apples to apples, but even if it somehow was, I'd like to say the United States would not be in near as big of hurry to try to help and rebuild when you have constant groups of people from these regions coming out and trying to murder you every single day. Um, so, I mean, I, I guess I don't have an opinion other than it's, it's just not the same category. Um, maybe if, if those places were switched, Israel would be like, no, we, we can absolve some of this stuff. And, you know, the people generally mean well, so, you know, we'll help them, blah, blah, blah. Like maybe they would have a better outlook on helping the people. And the United States, if we were in Israel's land, um, would be like, no, we need to like get rid of these people. Like, you know, ever like there may be like 2% that don't want to harm us. And the others either want to harm us or support those who do. Uh, so, no, we, we don't give a crap about rebuilding you guys. Um, so, I mean, unless unless those scenarios ever actually happen, there's really no way to know. So I, I guess I don't have an actual opinion on that other to address your question. Uh, oh, Steph, I forgot. Sorry. The reason I topic switch, the reason I bought, brought up Flamey Grant, I, I think it was before, because you were you were not here yet. Um, I forgot to tell you it was the recent Dove Music Awards, you know, the Christian like whatever music awards um, for who's running Christian music this week. Um, it just took place. And Flaming Grant was like, there as like a, you know, honored member. Um, that's why she's in the news or it's in the news or whatever. Wait, uh, my, that, that, oh, hold on. My service cut out. You said the Dove Music Awards took place and. And that's why Flaming Grant was in the conversation uh, because it. Because she won an award. I, I don't know if she won an award, but she was there like making uh, an appearance, like as an honored guest or something. Um, serious? Yeah. Yeah, and so that got all the headlines. So I, someone should actually Google that. Did did Flamey Grant win an award? That would just be over. No, that she would be didn't overkill. win an award. She was brought by the Derek guy as his quote unquote date in order to harass. <laughs> okay, people. okay. So let me finish the setup. Yeah. So so the Derek guy 
from Caden's Caden's Call. I know the band. I couldn't name a song to save my life, but I never liked him. And turns out I had good instincts. So okay, yeah. So that's the reason Flamey was there is because and, and this dude from Caden's Call uh, wore a dress and gave this big speech about how he's a white cis male and recognizes his privilege and needs to check his privilege um, and be uh, gay Christian affirming of Flamey Grant. So yeah, he showed up in a dress. And it was like a whole big spectacle. Um, yeah, that, that was irrelevance. That's why we brought it up today, not just for fun. You know, if Pastor Mark were here, he would say a big fat... Pastor I Mark is here. So. Oh, let me say it for Pastor Mark. I told you so. This is the closest I could come to proving Pastor Mark's point, which is that <laughs> Christian music is evil. <laughs> You know, I think he's onto something. Maybe we should just like, like, just sing the psalms. <laughs> it's not a bad idea at this point. Oh, but hey, you know, Chris. to to skillet's to skillet's credit, like the dude from Skillet did come out swinging. He's like, no, this is bad. He's like, I'm literally speechless. I mean, I guess he wouldn't literally be speechless, but you know, point taken. So at least he's like, no, this is all messed up. Like, I can't believe this is happening. So at least you know, someone came out and. Uh, kind of stood up for normalcy. You were That's saying... That's freaking wild. That's wild. I thought I heard Seth something. So, sort of on this topic and the topic of Pastor Mark. Hey, Chris, you've been to the Ark Encounter. Uh, what yeah. is your opinion on the, what was it, 40 days and 40 nights of Christian rock music that they held at, at the Ark Encounter? What? I don't know anything about it. Am I? Okay. So Pastor Mark posted the link in the Discord, but um, I found this, and I'm a fan of, like, I listen to Christian music. I listen to non-Christian music. Like, I, I have a much more liberal set, like, I don't know. I grew up on like Jimi Hendrix, you know, so I don't know. That's just in the Ramones and stuff. So I have a very uh, high tolerance for secular music. But bye, 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 bye. bye, baby. So uh, anyway, the Ark Encounter held a 40 days and 40 nights of music festival at the Ark. <laughs> and for some reason, I find this to be the most disrespectful thing I've heard in a long time. What are your thoughts? I, mean, I don't know if it's disrespectful. It depends on the artist they invite. I mean, look, Ken Ham is, you know, he's he's a good dude. I don't I don't agree with everything that Ken Ham says, but I think he's pretty pretty on point for a lot of stuff. I mean, the forty days and forty nights of Christian music festival. I mean, I've been to Christian music festivals. I've been to Cornerstone a bunch, which used to be the biggest one. Um, you know, I, it depends on what you're doing and. You know, you can do all kinds of crazy stuff in all sorts of contexts. Is that when you were telling me you tripped acid for the first time and found out Calvinism was correct? Oh, yeah, totally. 100%. <laughs> all right. Hold on. Wait. So. Uh... Did you, did you, did you, what, did you uh, find that, that, uh, that recording that I sent Cherry of me saying that? Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. Um, so, listen, do you almost feel like, it's like if we had a festival outside of Sodom and Gomorrah, like where we burnt. Like it feels like that somehow, you know, or like we found Jericho and then we had like a sculpture festival and not, knocked all the sculptures down. I don't know. There's something about it that just is like completely irreverent. 
40 days and 40 nights of rock music and beer. I, well, I can't, I can't wait, do it. Wait, was it really? I don't know about like, beer. What, was it, yeah, was it like rock music and beer or was it like Christian rock, like Skillet and Red? And, no, like, it was a Christian music festival. But well, I mean, we have like Kingdom Bound shows. here and they serve beer at Kingdom Bound. Well, but they don't, need to verify so they don't they, serve beer at the Arctic Counter, I'll tell you that. Yeah, someone's going to need oh, to verify okay. that. Maybe no beer, but rock music and, and, and neon bracelets and all sorts of satanic things. Oh, know? oh my goodness. Oh, wow. neon bracelets. Are you, are you being serious right now? Like, I would not, I would not expect you to have a problem with, like, skillet at the Ark encounter. I think it's the 40 days and 40 nights of celebrating that freaks me out. No, it was, it was a Southern gospel music event. They had a bunch of Southern gospel artists plus preachers and pastors from all over the country come in and they'd have a couple hours of singing and then the preacher or pastor would have an hour to do their uh, their take on scripture and stuff like that. Thank you, Adam, for clarifying. Yeah, Southern gospel in no way is rock. That, I mean, that's like stuff my parents listen to. <laughs> I live like 30 minutes away from the uh, Creation Museum and about 45 minutes away from the Ark Encounter. So, in fact, the job that I have, sometimes I go down there and deliver food to the Ark Encounter. So I'm always there. Man, I mean, like, the, uh, like Southern Gospel, that, that's like, I'm thinking that's even worse. Like, the, the stuff my parents used to play is like, Lord, 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 come take us home. Lord. Yeah. I'm like, oh, no, no. I, I, I'm like having PTSD right now. My, my, oh. broken. And yeah, they go to the know. acapella and harmonies like by and by, yeah. by and by and by. And by. Like, dude, I, I'm <laughs> so having like PTSD. Say, man, you guys, right bro, you guys are walking. Southern gospel. So when you say Southern gospel, you're not saying Mississippi Mass Choir. You're saying like something with a banjo. Like the Gaithers, the, the quartets. Stuff that's like what that. I'm thinking. Stuff that I listen to. Yeah. Man, you guys are walking <laughs> all over me. You're beating me down bad. Bluegrass gospel, southern gospel, my jam. That's all I listen to. Wow. So I, I actually need to. So, so it's all my parents listen to. It's got. That's why I said it's got to be. There's got to be like a nomenclature nuances or something. Because when you said southern gospel, I was thinking like John P. Key and Mississippi Mass Choir and like some. But I was, you know, no. probably more from an African-American, like Georgia, North Carolina, Mississippi context, as opposed to bluegrass, which yeah. is something else. This is like independent Baptist. So like when we were there, there were so, so come to think of it, like you were saying rock festival stuff. Like when we were there at the Ark Encounter, there were a bunch of concerts and it was all people from independent Baptist churches or Bob Jones University or Pensacola Christian doing like um you know like like what they do it like like what we like what we just had at uh pastor mark one of pastor mark's uh churches in his network like he and i went to like a homecoming and you know it was like gospel quartets and like you know kids from this uh college that you know were singing and yeah it was like a whole thing so yeah i i think that what we're talking about here is like two completely different things. It's not like skillet and like these guys are playing. It's more like people in prairie dresses are, you know, playing. Having a hoedown. Having yeah, a hoedown. they're they're playing independent Baptist type music. I know, but the part that, okay, 
I did not grow up in a Christian household. I mean, my mom like was vaguely Christian flavored, right? So, so she listened to Amy Grant, but she like I grew up on like the Bee Gees and Fleetwood Mac in my mom's house. Like that's what I mean. Like I could still listen to Fleetwood Mac all day, every day. Like that is the thing. She was like super into Kiss as a teenager. You could just go your own way then. No, I will not. Well, yeah, sure. Uh, Are you Chris? Are you saying you don't like Fleetwood Mac? There's something wrong with that. I mean, like. I'm not 100% a huge of people fan like of Fleetwood Mac. Mac. Like, I mean, if they're on the radio, I'm going to know the song, but I'm not going to like put it in my put it in my Spotify and be like, I need some Fleetwood Mac today. <laughs> well, I, you I, are... I like that, but I can't stand Tusk. I hate that song. You're objectively wrong, both of you. I mean, Fleetwood well, Mac is anyway. So listen, uh, it's not the music or the type of music. For some reason. The 40 days and 40 nights of suffering on the ark and the death of all of humanity seems like a somber enough event that you might not hold a party outside of the ark for the same amount of time 5,000 years later. Yeah, see, I've got a totally different take on it. The death of the wicked is a cause for celebration. Like and what the about marriage... the 40 days of Lent or whatever? Like, is, Are Catholics bad for their 40 days? Is it the number? Is it at the same time at a wooden replica of the ark? Okay. Yeah. Ahead, Chris. Well, I just, you know, like what I would say is like, we're going to be having the marriage supper of the lamb while God is pouring out his wrath literally at the same time and killing billions of people on the earth. Like, oh, so is it like one of the, it's not, God's not sitting in the hell, he's passing over them. So it's like, you're not necessarily celebrating the death of the wicked as much as you're celebrating the justice and righteousness of God. Correct. Okay, sure. I don't you know. know. It's almost like terrible? going to the battle where World War II ended and being like, let's have a party. I, I can't. Like, yes, a good thing happened there. The not Germany was defeated. The Soviets, blah, blah, blah. Not World War II. It's like, I don't know. I can't. I can't do I don't it. Know. I don't know what you all are complaining about. I mean, I accepted Amy Grant at a Jesus concert. I mean, oh, crap. <laughs> Adam, that was amazing. That may be one of the best sound clips of all time. Oh, that's this would great. have threw in Flamey Grant. It would have been so much better. Oh my gosh, Flamey Grant. Yeah. So so yeah, the, the the whole thing, like the devil words, is just a steaming pile of manure at this point. I I don't understand why anybody thinks it's a Christian thing anymore. It's literally not. There's like literally nothing Christian about the Dove Awards. Normally, I, I think Chris is a little too heavy-handed. I, I agree with you on this one. I think it's just, yeah, I agree. Yeah, I mean, but yeah, like the Ark Encounter, like, yeah, I mean, like we we went and saw one of the, um, gosh, Pastor Mark can help me on this. I can't remember the, the name of the college, but I noted that one of those colleges was on the roster for singing at um, the Ark Encounter. The Ark Encounter has a very close relationship with a lot of IFB organizations. So, like, you know, to to think that the Ark Encounter would do anything that would anger a lot of IFB organizations, like have a Christian rock festival, I just I don't I don't see it. Maybe someday. I mean, not right now. Again, it's not The Rock. I listened to it like Reliant K is still to this it, day it, one of my favorite 40 days bands. and 40 nights. If it yes. Would been, if it would have been a celebration for 39 and a half days, we wouldn't have a problem, right? Or if it was somewhere <laughs> else. 
Like do so a like a block away or not like... outside a wooden replica okay. of the ark. So thirty nine and a half days and right past the property border, it's all good. That would be better, yeah. <laughs> so okay, so Pastor Mark told me it was Crown College in Tennessee. And um so yeah, that that those that same college they were on the roster. So like and I saw like there was somebody there was a group from Bob Jones that was singing the day that we were there and yeah, I mean like that's the kind of thing. So it's more like a gospel homecoming like than you know anything else. But I mean it's it wasn't I mean it wasn't celebratory. And I don't think anybody was celebrating the death of the wicked. Like I mean it was just like Hey, during the summer, we're going to have these extra things going on at the Ark Encounter. You should bring your family to see some music. I mean, and it, was, and it wasn't front and center either. Oh, wait, they had Ricky Skaggs? Okay, I would have gone to that. Ricky Skaggs? Oh, he, he did a Country Boy song, right? Like, No, this thank, is thank like... Thank God, uh, I'm a Country Boy. <laughs> he, was like a, he was like a Christian country guy. I know Ricky Skaggs. I, I know him. My grandpa used to listen to him on the radio. Yeah, I know like his country music, but I don't... Is Did he write that Country Boy song? I don't know if he wrote it, but I'm, I'm sure he sung it. Hang on. I gotta, I gotta look this up. Am I thinking of Earl I, Scruggs I know there's a couple, excited about? I know there's a couple songs. Um, Adam knows. Yeah, country boy. Okay, I learned something new. Well, Mark, was that on? Was that this summer, or was that? That was twenty-two. Oh, okay. So they've done this horror show two years in a row. Horror show? I don't know. Irreverent, distasteful horror show. Let's set up the next one at like, um, you know, at um, Pearl Harbor. But like, but like, okay, like I was there and all it was, was like, Hey, by the way, at noon, there's going to be this singing group and you can go to the following hall to go see this singing group. That's what it was. We could do the nine 11 Memorial next after that. Yeah. I mean, sure. But like, Wait, what, you know, what happened? I was too busy putting country boy, uh, links in the chat for Steph to click on. What, what are we desecrating memorials now? Oh, she's, she's, she's on with the, uh, you know, you know, just like, Hey, we're, we're celebrating the death of the wicked. Like literally like though, it was like, there's going to be this music group that you may be interested in. That's going to be singing at this hall at such and such a time. And there's like one every once in a while. I mean, honestly, if Steph is against the country or the Southern Gospel concerts, then she might also be against the different animal exhibits that they have there where they're showing off different animals and things that would have been on the art. Right. Peter would well, like that's different. No, I'm talking Steph. That's all right. No, this I don't care about animals in cages. Animals don't have rights. I don't care. Listen, the thing is, I am like. You you take up this is the difference between uh, going to a um, like going to an Auschwitz museum and having a party at Auschwitz. It's not even a party. It's just they're just Southern Gospel concerts. I mean, there's 
is, is that like saying that it's wrong for concerts to be placed at certain places? Yeah, I mean, Step there was out. a day where Auschwitz was liberated, so, like, why don't we pick that day and go have a party there? Steph, um, how will you react when you come to Earth with your Lord and Savior one day, and blood is up to the bridle of your, like, spirit horse with wings, or however that happens, and it's not just, like, blood because, like, the Earth has blood, but it's from all the dead people. Will you be like, Jesus, you could have done this different. This is not good, Jesus. Or you'd be like, no. you know what? I'm in. This is cool. I'm not judging oh. how God did it. Now, if Jesus says, hey, let's all uh, go smoke weed and have a party and listen to music and dance in the blood, I'm going to be like, oh, if I have to, I guess. That doesn't sound very appealing. I mean, you know, if you want to tell Jesus off, I mean, okay. I mean, I don't think that's the way that's going to go down. Also, this is why I don't read Revelation, so. <laughs> this is how it happens revelation's uncomfortable and next thing you know there's amy grant playing and next next thing you know there's flaming grant playing and then steph's like well maybe women pastors are kind of okay and then she's a pastorix and then she's all like, i'm gonna wear happens? my planned parenthood stole <laughs> wow just a friendly reminder that you're talking to the girl who's been attending a Calvinist church for two years because the Free Methodist Church has a female pastor. Just, Wait, just you're a going friendly to reminder. Are you going right? back to the Calvinist church? You decided to No, I escaped. But I know. For you? Oh, my dogs are fighting. Uh, no, I escaped, but, you know, it's still there. That happened. I did my time. <laughs> How do I stop my dogs from trying to kill each other all the time? Kill them mm. first. Just kidding. Don't do that. Shock collars. Shock what would be even better is if she became the pastor ex and she got Bob the Builder to be her assistant pastor. Ooh. Oh, by the way, so speaking of Bob again, Bob has a YouTube channel and I immediately subscribed to it. He is trying to collect 50 subscribers so that he can go live. And he was at 32 yesterday, so. Um, I don't know if I can bring myself to do that. Yeah, I would not want to. Steph, That's what are you doing? Friend. Hey, guys. Sorry, I, I heard that. And I'm like, why would, you, why would you want Bob to talk to people? <laughs> um, You know, it illustrates uh, certain. You want to support the devil's work, Steph? What's going on? Yeah, she don't want celebrations of music for 40 days. But she'll she'll support a dude to spread heresy to the world. Uh, I don't know how believable any of the heresy is. Listen, I I might enjoy uh, seeing Bob go live and have multiple people from all over the world tell him that he's incorrect. Yeah, is that a selfless enough motivation, or do I just really want to see Bob go live and watch it? What if he finds a bunch of like Muslims that want to bash Trinitarians, and then they find Bob, and he's like. No, oh. Trinity is not real, a Unitarian God. And then they're like, oh, wow, you're right. Christianity no. is away. Except it's Unitarian Christianity. Well, that would be an improvement over Islam, maybe. But listen. But what uh, it, I mean, wrong is still wrong. It's well, at least Unitarians wrong. don't advocate this for This is why we can't people. have a woman president. Listen, all right. <laughs> oh, my goodness. If you think that Unitarianism is not a slight step up from Islam, then that's a problem, first of all. Second of all, Bob 
already evangelized to the Muslims on this app. He uh, was telling them his his version of things. And, you know, there's this big group that, like, all greens and study to show and all of them, like, are constantly combating these guys, right? Well, Bob stepped in and gave them his gospel and tried to convert him, convert them to Bobism. And all of the Muslims on this app blocked him. So, so morally speaking, I'd say, yeah, you know, go to Unitarianism. At least they don't advocate like, you know, it's not incompatible with like civilized life. Um, so I guess that. But theologically, I mean, uh, yeah. you know, eternally speaking, it's the same thing, the same answer. Sure, maybe. Wait, wait. Are Unitarians going to heaven, Steph? Uh, you know, I don't know if I want to... I hesitate to think that anyone... Let me think how I want to word this. Is universalism true, Steph? No. No, I think that Unitarians are horrifically wrong. And I think it's highly individual whether that issue is salvific for them. I think there are certain Unitarians who... Like, there are people who hold to oneness who hold to it with some naivety and ignorance. And there are people who hold to it who know of the Trinitarian doctrine and reject it. So I'm very slow to try to analyze why the person has rejected the Trinity. So it becomes a stickier topic for me. That was very uh, well navigated. I would say that's a similar answer, right? Because the, the easy answer is, yeah, all of them, straight to hell. But it's like, you don't know. Like, just because I say they're Unitarian or exactly. Jehovah's Witness even, the easy answer is straight to hell. But, you know, the, the I think, correct answer is, well, what do you mean by that? And I'm like, do you think Jesus is Michael's archangel brother? Or Jesus is the archangel? I'm like, no, who teaches that? Be like, you do. Jehovah's Witnesses do. Or be like, no, I'm a Unitarian. Be like, you are? Um, okay, so you don't believe in the Trinity? What? No, I just believe Jesus died and rose from the dead and, you know, saved my sins. It's like, oh, so you don't really, you're like, you say you're Unitarian because maybe that's a church you go to, but you've somehow been given the correct gospel, even if like the Unitarian pastor means different things by that. You don't know what he's talking about, so you just accept and believe. So six months from now, God's going to leave you out of that or you're going to think some things don't match up. So if you say you're Unitarian, um, yeah, so I mean, I would say it's it's very very nuanced, and I don't want to pronounce judgment. But if you find someone like Bob, who mocks the Trinity, I'm like, bro, you get serious trouble, man. Yeah, that, that's I, I would agree with that. Although I do believe the Lord is going to make a concession for Bob, and that's why I, you know, that's why I have a long tolerance for Bob. Um, but that's a whole other thing. But uh, no, I wouldn't even put oneness and Jehovah's Witnesses in the same boat, though, because Jehovah's Witnesses don't hold to the deity of Christ, and they don't believe that salvation comes like i think they believe it comes through christ but not through christ alone so it's a very di like that's different enough that i would say no if you hold to that you're not you know i would put oneness as much closer in oneness much closer in the sphere of christianity than jehovah's witnesses you should make a spectrum you should make a spectrum staff and put like <laughs> the truth on the left and then the various degrees of like how far people are away from this stuff well, so well we all are like nobody's uh, Chris, on it, right? Do you do you have that thing that the pastor put together that had all the circles and spirits? Yeah, that circle and, chart. Like, oneness and nar. And Todd, you were trying to say something for a while. What's up, Todd? Yeah, I was about to say that uh, somebody who thinks that Jesus is just God's human son, they're damned. 
they're damned. Right. There's no getting away from it. No, I agree. Okay, so there is, there is circle, like oneness is a very large, you know, spectrum of people. We're talking about Unitarians, though. Well, I, I, I lumped it into all oneness. Chris, you got a hot mic. There's some weird, uh... Here we go. Chris, your mic's open, bro. Yeah, the Unitarian doesn't think that Jesus has any deity at all. At all. It's all human. Nothing but human. That's what they think. They're damned. Okay, well, so that would fall into a category of if someone, ex- if someone rejects the deity of Christ, we have a massive problem. Like, that's what the witnesses do. But when I say oneness, I know not all oneness believers do that. I think but some oneness believers are very close. What? But oneness aren't Unitarians. Well, not Unitarians are oneness, but not all no. oneness are Unitarian, right? No. Okay, no, no, no. no. Okay, so, okay. Yeah, so, so there's so there's like there's me, you, Chris, and Todd, and you know, all, all the Christians on the stage. We're like just we can touch each other's shoulders with what we believe. We're we're all all that type of believer. Um, Trinitarians, all, all that. Then you have oneness. Who you you have to like jump across the crack to get, and that's where like Brandon is, right? They believe Jesus is God, uh, you know, at a different iteration than the Father. They believe the Holy Spirit is God, but at a different time, like you know, the Father kind of morphs in, like only one exists at a time. And then for Brandon, you have to like j- jump like as far as you would have to jump for the cavern of sin to get to God in that analogy. That's how far you have to jump to find Unitarians. And then from that, you have to jump a little bit further. To just get to like universalism. Now she's on a phone call, so she missed that, man. Oh, there she is. No, I actually didn't. I, I ignored the call, so I heard the whole thing, but it still shows that my phone is ringing. I have to return that call. Uh, but <laughs> so Unitarian Christians affirm the unitary nature of God as a singular and unique <clears throat> creator, of, creator of the universe, believe that Jesus Christ was inspired by God in his moral teachings and that he was the savior of humankind, but he's not comparable or equal to God himself. Okay. And, yeah, and that's one bad. believe he totally is God. So if you, so they believe in salvation through Christ and they believe in salvation through Christ alone, but they don't believe in Christ's deity, it would become very individual to the person. I would have to know how much education they have on the topic and whether they're rejecting something or whether they're naive to something. So you're saying it's like, it might be possible that they could be in like a Unitarian church and people are preaching Unitarian heresy to them. But they could get the Unitarian heresy wrong and stumble across the actual truth and believe the truth <laughs> and not the thing that's being pushed to them. Yeah, that could yeah, be possible. I think the same totally thing happens possible. in the Catholic Church, right? And the same thing happens. But if you hear Christ is a man and you say, I don't need to read the text, I don't need to question that Christ is a man, I'm fi-, that you have a problem, right? But if you're in the Unitarian Church and all you glean is salvation comes through Christ alone and you go home that day, you could be saved out of that. So it, it, it would have to be individual, right? And I actually have no idea what a Unitarian uh, sermon would sound like because <laughs> they're so rare and I'm never going to go to one. But I mean, most of, I mean, most of the Trinitarian services, you would go to a Trinitarian church and you're not going to know what the Trinity is um, right off the bat. Like, I mean, you'd have to probably ask someone. Um, and even though they affirm the Trinity and totally believe the Trinity, uh, you know, at, at the altar call or something like that, you're just going to hear Hey, God loves you. Jesus died. If you per- confess and believe Jesus, you know, you'll be saved. You'll be forgiven. You'll have eternal life. Put your faith in him. Trust him. Yada, yada. Um, but you'll get the gospel, but you're not going to hear anything about the Trinity in that. 
So, I mean, I, I don't even know when. Chris, like, in your Bible studies or discipleship, like, at what point would someone stumble into, like, a Trinitarian church? And do you think, like, if they're a new believer and they're like, I, I have no idea what the Trinity is, how long would it take someone to actually get an idea of the Trinity? I actually like, have an answer for this. Okay. Because, What's your answer? Yeah, I think Chris can't tell. I mean, unmike Chris and interrupt me if you want, but um, the, okay, I have a confession no one can repeat this in this room, okay? I was not totally solid on what Trinitarian doctrine was until I came to Clubhouse. In fact, three years ago, uh, Chris posted a Ligonier poll that Pastor, or was it Pastor Mark, in the Slack? And I took this Ligonier poll, and I only got six out of the ten. Well, th- a bunch of them were very Calvinist questions, so I'm at peace with that. One of them was Christ create was Christ created, and I was like, "Yep, check." Because I didn't understand the question. I thought they meant like, was Jesus Christ the man who walked created? And so I now I fully understand what is meant by that question. And I would have said, oh, yeah, well, Christ was with God. But I wouldn't have been able to answer like three years ago. I wouldn't have been able to answer. Well, John 1, 1 is the creation story where Christ is, you know, creating. God is creating all things through Christ. There's this divine, you know, they're in line with each other. There's this synergistic act, right? Like I wouldn't have been able to articulate that. I didn't know what John 1, 1 meant. And so I answered that question that yes, Christ was created, but now I have much more context and I understand what that question is asking. And that was just three years ago. And I've been, I've been in the church for years (laughs) and I go to a Trinitarian church. I would call myself a Trinitarian, but I couldn't have articulated the belief until I looked into it more and thought, oh yeah, okay. Yeah. I better rush up on this. But it's not something that naturally was, you know, it's not something that naturally came out of my Bible study. Does that make sense? It makes perfect sense. Um, because um, probably up to like maybe 2012, I, no, maybe like 2013, I didn't understand the significance of the distinction between modes and persons. So I'm like, oh, people think that God has three modes. But I'm like, well, obviously... To me, it was obvious that, you know, okay, the three modes that, that God expresses himself as, or the being yes. that is God expresses himself as, he does it simultaneously. I would have always said, obviously, because he's omnipresent and omniscient and omnipotent, that he's going to be all those things at the same time. Duh. But yep. The, the, right. So I was like, yeah, yeah. So most persons, I don't, I don't see a problem. You know, it's like, okay, if people think modalism is bad, where it's like one or the other at any given time, well, simultaneous modalism. There you go. Didn't realize that was already a thing. And it's not something I would have like perpetuated to other people. But in my brain, I'm like, oh, it's just semantics. And then I began to dive into, before this app, but I began to dive into the difference between a mode and a person. And I'm like, oh, that's that's a big difference. That's, exactly. yeah, right. Yeah, that's exactly these, the these same These modes are interacting with in. each other. And so it's like, okay, either God's interacting with himself or these are different persons. And it, the, the grammar doesn't make sense. So I'm like, okay, that, as I studied grammar and linguistics for a non-seminary degree, it was just a bachelor's in English literature. As I studied grammar and linguistics for that, then I began to realize, oh, this is much more than just semantics because these persons are interacting with each other. And that would be problematic for the grammar if, you know, it's really just one person interacting with himself. That's all kinds of convoluted. So I'm like, mm, now I now I understand the difference. Yep, exactly. I think that 
three or four years ago, when, if I asked, I would have been identified as some sort of modalist because I didn't understand that. And exactly the way Apostle just put that. Yep. And again, the funny part being that I grew up, you know, singing the, the um, you know, God in three persons, blessed Trinity. So like I, I grew up singing that, <laughs> which I think is hilarious. But I still would have, you know, if I had a conversation with Chris and he was not being charitable in that moment, he would have deemed me a modalist heretic and threw me out with the bathwater. Just playing. Oh, he didn't even hear my quip. He was on the phone. Well, Marquise, you and I are now banned. We are past it. So then the question becomes like, if we have what would be picked apart as a modalist understanding, are we then not saved? No, I believe my salvation occurred in childhood. So like, <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, there's childhood. that. But then this is the also, uh, the other thing. Because we're talking about that. My bad, my bad. Yeah. Um, this is the other thing. I've always asserted that it's not about understanding. It's about acceptance, right? So I don't think, you know, we'll be evaluated on the degree to which we understand the philosophy, the theology, the rationality of how these ideas work together that are central to Christianity. I think what we'll be evaluated on is our heart posture. Did we accept whether we understood or not? There are some people who understand but don't accept. There are some people who don't understand but do accept. Um, and so I think that those are, um, they're not, they're, they're exclusive to each other, right? You don't maybe have to have one for the other. Um, and I'd much rather acceptance from any person. You know, I push acceptance from any person rather than understanding. You might not fully understand how it works. You might not be able to fully articulate how it works. And that can be developed. But at the very least, if you accept that this is what the Bible teaches and that it's true, you're good. Um, so that's that's where I, I put that at step. Good morning. Yep, I agree. So it's not so easy like in my own walk. It's not as though when I had a more modalist understanding, I don't think that I was only saved after I had a Trinitarian understanding, a fully articulated and fleshed out Trinitarian understanding. I think that my in my childhood, in my youth, and throughout my teen years, my faith was real and I, my salvation was assured uh, despite that improper belief. So I guess it's exactly like, do, is there an act of rejection? Like if I heard the Trinity, like when Pastor Mark first explained to me about the creation, about what, whether Christ was created or not, and he fully explained like, okay, there's the, you know, there's the human, um, there's the incarnation and then there's the, the deity of Christ and that I'm, I'm, this is all being articulated. I'm like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But I wouldn't have been able to come up with that on my own. So was my salvation false prior do I need to go pray the sinner's prayer again? I don't think so. But if I had rejected when Pastor Mark explained that to me, then that would be a huge problem, right? So, yeah, I think there's if there's an act of open rejection of doctrine, of a major doctrine, then we have a problem. But if there's ignorance of it, I don't know if that same problem is there. So... Yeah, maybe that gets me in hot water, but it's much harder for me to simply prescribe like this is this person's eternal uh, condition because I don't know where their head is on the topic. To this classroom, but I'll be back in probably in a couple of hours to see what's up, see if you guys are still going.
But if not, take care. Have a great day. Have fun. Nate, are you gone? Because I have to return this phone call. <laughs> uh, no, I'm not gone yet, but I'm driving to my kid's school, and I, they have a program for like 30 minutes, and then I'll be back. But um, I made Tatamod. I don't know if he wants it or not. <laughs> uh, anyone want to hold the room down for 30 minutes? <laughs> yeah, I know. I'll be back at 10 as well. Nope. Can't hold rooms down. Sorry. <laughs> All right. No. I'm going to do, I hope I'm not doing the devil's work right now. I made Grissomod. I don't even care. For 30 minutes, like, it's not an open forum. I, I can't imagine there's going to be wild heresy taking place. So uh, whether or not Chris is even around right now or can or wants to mod, <laughs> the room shall stay open. And in 30 minutes, I will return. <clears throat> Well, who wants to talk for 30 minutes? Brandon, welcome. Welcome, welcome. Hey, Tasha, what's up? Morning, guys. How are you? Doing well. I can. I came up just to kind of help keep things uh, going if need be. Okay, sure. Brandon, I see you waving. Are you wanting to speak, or are you are you just saying hi? Maybe you're working. Saint, what's up, Saint? How are you? Great. No one wants to talk. So, Tasha, how's your day going? It's going well. Uh, just running around doing some things that I need to get done. Well, I mean, it's not going to be quite 40 minutes, but maybe we should, uh, I don't know, fast and pray for 40 days and 40 nights or 40 minutes, if Steph's okay with that. <laughs> uh, I don't know if I'll make it for 40 days. That's a long time. Yeah, I don't know what I was saying. I, I think I think because it'll be about 40 minutes until I'm back, so I know 40 was the bad number earlier. <clears throat> I must have missed that one. <laughs> yeah, the Ark Encounter had a concert for 40 days and 40 nights, and it rubbed her the wrong way. She thought it was a celebration of all the people that died in the flood. Oh, goodness. But apparently, like, 39 days would have been okay. Or 41. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just crank out that extra day. All right, well, no pressure, people. I made mods against their will, but, uh, yeah, if you can stick around because you're not doing anything anyways, go ahead, and if anyone wants to talk, bring them up, and otherwise feel free to leave when you want. I'll be back in about 30-ish minutes. So if this is where it ends, fine, but if there's people to keep it going, also fine. Enjoy your program. Mm -hmm. I will not. I definitely why, will not. Why have I been promoted? What's going on? What, what's happening? What's happening right now? The Lord, the Lord has shown up on thee, Chris. Oh, that's not good. Chris, I, think I, have to run, I have to run for like 30 minutes, but then I'll be back. 
your mod, Chris. This is what you've always wanted. Not, not <laughs> really. Chris, that means you and I are in charge now. My, how That's the tables true. have turned. Oh, yeah. All the Calvinists are in charge now. Sweet. There you go. And Steph's on the phone. All right. Catch you guys in 30 minutes. Oh, I can't help but chuckle this morning how funny this is. <laughs> is that music on this room? Music? I don't hear any music. We're not hearing any music. Oh are you hearing God. music or are you hearing voices? No. It's like... Da -na 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 -na. And it's only when I have this room open. Like, I just went into another room, and it's not there. I don't have to tell you, dude. Well, I don't hear it. I mean, I'm just, you know, I'm chilling, doing stuff, fixing the... Fixing a uh, surveillance server. Chris, what do you do for a living? Steph got scared. She left. There you go. Calvinists run wild. Um, I run an IT company. Okay. I, I figured it was along those lines, just from what, I, what little I've heard. Yeah. That's the long and the short of I mean, I could go into a lot more detail, but I don't really think anybody cares about that. Yeah, probably not necessary. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I own this company. I've owned it since 2016. Too quiet. Somebody bring up a topic. <laughs> or we're just going to walk through John 6. <laughs> That's a fantastic <laughs> idea. So it's funny. Um, a couple years ago, there was a lady that was hosting a like community-wide Bible study, and I had taught her kid um, at a Christian school, and so she invited me. So I went to see what it was all about. Long story short, just by asking questions, I ended up getting kicked out of the Bible study, <laughs> which was the first time that had ever happened. Um, what? Why? Yeah. Well, so I was. She was taught on Revelation, and so I was just asking like her she was talking about how, you know, she spent nine months preparing for this study and she had these big notebooks, like two inch notebooks that she gave everybody with all this research and all this stuff. And I mean, it was cool. Like she, she put a lot of work into the presentation and you know, whatever. It was the very first time of the study. And um, so I'm asking her, like, do you like, where, what are your personal stance? Like, do you think revelation is in order? Or do you think it's, you know, just the normal questions that you would I think anybody would ask whenever you're coming to a study on revelations, just to make sure that you're, you know, 
kind of aligning with, <laughs> with what they're teaching or whatever. Well, apparently, uh, it offended her so bad that she was like, I'm not going to do this, blah, blah, blah. Like, you need to um, leave. So it was me, my husband. It was a mixed group, men and women. Um, and it was <laughs> two of us, me and one of um, my girlfriends ended up getting kicked out. My husband actually got to stay, which is really funny because he's the more boisterous one and I'm more of the timid one. And so when I told people that I got kicked out of the study, he just, like, everybody was like, no way. Like, that's not, there's no way that happened. But anyway, so we have now have a um, pro-life Christian pregnancy center that's opening up in our community. And, like, they're having their grand opening on Saturday. And they're, they're offering a Bible study on Wednesday. So I went to the study yesterday. And I'll be danged if that lady wasn't there. <laughs> And so I knew, I knew there was a possibility that she would be there. And so we went, uh, and I was talking to my husband. He's like, look, sometimes you just need to be quiet. Like correction comes through rapport. You can't create rapport unless you have walked, you know, some road with some people and like everything. And he's like, but if she's wrong, she's (laughs) right. Like probably not the best attitude to have. Yeah, I get it. Um, so like I go to this study and the lady that was there who facilitated um and and so I tell you all of this to get to this point like yesterday we get to the study and she says okay so we are not going this study is just to feast on the word of God like we're not going to um get into doctrinal differences we're not gonna go deep we're just gonna um come together, read the word, and we can talk about what's, like, if it's a meal, like, we can talk about the ingredients, but we're not going to say, oh, well, this paprika is from this, and, you you know, it's really better if you use this, like, we're not going to analyze it in that depth, and so, like, everything in me is like, oh, man, like, I'm so disappointed at this point, right, because, like, I kind of, it was kind of portrayed to be, like, a deeper study, And so, like, we're reading, and then it turns into this, oh, well, what do you think this text says? And what, how do you feel about this text? And everything in me is screaming at this point. I'm like, okay. But anyways, so I say all of this to to ask this question. Um, Like, I don't think Bible study in itself is, is necessarily wrong. But do you think doing study in this manner, it does a disservice to the body and to the word of God or is that just my feelings nope it does I mean look I mean pooling our ignorance about the word of God is not is not just not something that you know what it's just not something that is going to be good for anybody you know like if you've got somebody who has absolutely um you know studied a a certain thing and you know is really up on it like great if you've got somebody who's just you know oh i i did a hal Lindsay study you know on this thing and you know this is the way it's going to go down like who cares um so i i think that uh you're totally right that that type of study is just simply just not, it's not glorifying God and it's not really 
doing anything to, um, not really doing anything to further the kingdom. Would you say like, if it's like a really nebulous, like kind of topic, Chris, like who do you think the 12, the, the, the elders around the throne are like something that's really hard to pin down. Like, yeah, like maybe something like it's really something that's really like nobody really can like say definitely, but like, like the kind of feeling where everything is abstract, like, no, nah, you, you really can't like steady like that. Like that, that's, well, that's so insane. In, in all fairness, like the study that we started yesterday or did yesterday was actually, we were actually in John and I was told that we were going to be starting in John one. Well, when I got there, they had studied the week before and they were actually in John three and I'll, you'll never guess which verse we started on. Um, and I'm like, I had made the comment to my husband, look, we're going to be in John. Like, it'll be okay. Like there shouldn't be too many <laughs> thinking, okay. You know, and, until chapter three, we, we should be okay. Like we, you know, I've, I've walked a little bit of road with these ladies. And so, you know, we shouldn't, we should agree on John one, one, like we should, you know, there's these, these definite things that, okay, I thought we should be able to agree on. Um, and then we got to John 3.16, and I'm just laughing on the inside because all I can hear is my husband's words in my ear. Just keep your mouth shut. <laughs> just keep your mouth shut. <laughs> so I didn't say anything. But then we get right there to where, um, you know, Jesus comes to the Samaritan woman. And it's very much of, oh, God comes to us and goes out of his way to meet with us. And, and to a point, okay, yeah. But, man, it was it was hard to sit through that yesterday for an hour and oh what do you think this what do you how does this make you feel and what what do you think about this yeah i think there's a there's a wide gulf of difference brandon between like you know seeing something on like ask ligonier where it's a bunch of scholars and they're batting about like a difficult question and they're all kind of answering it because they've been highly educated to a bunch of people who have never picked up the Bible before and asking a bunch of people that have absolutely no idea what hermeneutics is, have absolutely no idea how to read a book. And I mean that in the, in the sense, not of like literacy, like bald literacy. I mean that in the sense of like, they don't know how to use context. They don't know how to, you know, uh, you know, systematize their knowledge from one passage to another. They don't know, you know, the history. They don't know any of anything to be able to accurately, you know, be able to to read the Word of God. And then you're asking them their opinion as if it is just as valid as somebody who, you know, has been through hermeneutical studies before. And so there's this parity of opinion that becomes really destructive to what you're trying to get at. This is why we have teachers, right? It's not why we have, I'm going to sit around in a circle and we're all going to, you know, pool our ignorance to see what this verse means. Um, you know, that's why you have to have teachers and elders that are going to be going through that work with you and showing you what it means because they have done the study in the word of God. Yeah. Amen. So like, I, I mean, I've talked about it a little bit in some of the other groups of, of like what my background is and, and my stance on um, where I feel like the Lord has, has gifted me and, and led me. And 
I think it's really interesting. Like everything about this is like screaming. And I just, I finally, whenever, you know, we had church last night, prayer group and all the things. And, um, finally looked at my husband. I was like, so I finally told, he asked how the day went and my study went. And I told him and I was like, I just, I think it's sad as a woman, I can say this. Like, I think it's sad that we can come together and this is what it is almost every single time. We don't have, um, like, I like to sit with men leading and having these deep conversations. And I like to have, like, let's dig in. Let's, let's look at the themes. Let's look at the, you know, context. Like, let's dig deep. Let's look at the original language and check it out. And, you know, all of these things, like, and then I like to teach those things and don't usually teach it in mixed groups. Right. And so seeing the need there, right. Cause there is a definite need, right. Of understanding what the word of God says and me not being able to step into where God has, has clearly called me in many other spheres it, it's hard. It's really hard for me to be like, oh yeah. Like, and, and I think women's studies have, are really a disservice to women, right? How to make lemonade out of lemons, right? Like it's not, I just wish women could study the way men do. I like, I've thrown out, I, I don't let's sit under a lot of women's teaching. I would rather go to some of these deep studies, R.C. Sproul and many, 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 many others. Um, because there's meat and I'm, I'm tired of the fluff. I'm tired of the feel good gospel that, that is taken over women's ministry. It's kind of sickening. What well, I was going to say till the, till Chris, I was, I was, uh, bad at him. I totally agree with you, by the way. I was just being facetious, which I think he, he kind of picked that up. Uh, I, I totally agree. Yeah, with I, 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 I figured. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I totally, I totally agree with you. But I, I will say, uh, unfortunately, like uh, a lot of the stuff that's popular in women's ministry, unfortunately, is not representative of um, the majority of the best that female scholarship has to offer. But I will say there are women in ministry scholars. The best female scholars are not represented, unfortunately. I would say they're not popular. you got the best Morris, but everybody knows what she is. She's not a credit to the female religious mind. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I, I I have listened to some amazing women too, but I just, as a whole, like, it's hard. It, it's it's really sad. Um, <laughs> whenever you look at it as a whole, and I think it does some disservices to our to the church as a whole because of you know they're not. They don't have the selections. They don't know. And the ones that are on the shelves are people like Beth Moore and Priscilla Scherer, however you say her name. And, like, it is a bunch of fluff. It is a lot of... Yeah, thank you. I always... My Texas draw gets in the way. But, like, it's, it's bad. Like, and it does a disservice, I think, as women who are trying to come alongside their husbands as helpmeets and you know, 
prayer warriors for their homes, I think it, it does a disservice because you're not, you don't come to a full understanding of who God is through those studies. You don't understand who, you know, who you are in light of all of that and your role. So like, it, I don't know. If I, could just, box, I if I could just throw this up to you, like I was looking up um, some of like sick and temple period of uh, the top scholars in the field, like uh, or, or women, uh, and but or, or like even like uh, even with some of the languages that the only thing is they're not cute, and unfortunately, if you if you notice like who has the best book sales, I mean, I hate to say it is that they kind of like they kind of like the ladies to kind of feel like they. They kind of like them to kind of look good on the book cover. So, unfortunately, the, the ladies who sell the most books, they usually get a photogenic. They fit a nice cookie-cutter kind of mold. And they usually always doesn't correlate to the best thought leaders. You know, that, I'm just, just something I've noticed. Sorry, Tasha. I I was taking some um, meat out of the freezer to put out. Did, did um, that sound wrong, Chris? Yeah. Um, so, like for instance, my wife is about to do a women's Bible study. My wife went to seminary. She's about to do a women's Bible study on First Peter. She has decided that is going to take her about two months to fully go through First Peter. She has about twenty different commentaries. Um, from all types of Reformed theologians on First Peter. Um, she is, um, you know, going to pull out the relevant Greek portions. Um, she is preparing for this study, and she got excited because she thinks that she can finish First Peter in 24 weeks instead of a full year. Yeah. So, like, that's what I'm talking about. Like, I don't know. I guess because of the, we're in a little tiny town, too, and we don't have, we don't have that many Reformed people in our community. And that's, the, like, we go to a Reformed church, but it's a very tiny church, of course. And so, like, that's one thing that, I don't know, I guess I just crave that like-minded fellowship where I don't have to worry about <laughs> worry about those things and the only way to find those is to create them yourself and do it online in in my our area and it's it kind of sucks <laughs> but chris's wife is, is, is i imagine she's highly qualified she probably she probably would stop a hole in that more you know just just the way i'm hearing like how she would break that down I've the little what I've heard of Beth Moore. I've never heard her like come close to executing the text and bringing context. But again, Beth Moore specializes in being cute and marketable. That's 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 her niche. Which being just being marketable sales books. Which that's the reason Southern Baptist has kept her on shelves because she has kept the uh, Lifeway Publishing afloat. Most of their sales came to her. So who cares about being in context when you keep the lights on? What percent of Christians are reformed? That's difficult because it depends on how you define Christian. So, like, if you're talking, like, Catholics, Orthodox, yada, 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 it's going to be a really small percentage. If you're going to say evangelical Christians, 
Um, and depending on which country that you're talking about, then it's going to be a different percentage, like wildly. How about America? So uh, Ligonier does a study on this. Um, they actually have actually have surveys that you can go go look at at Ligonier.org. Um, I think it's around the 20% mark um, of people that are attending specifically confessionally reformed churches. Now, for instance, that would not count my church, but my church is a reformed church, and we have a pastor who is reformed, but we also have pastors that are not reformed. Um, and when Bible studies or the men's theology course, the women's theology course is taught, it's taught from a reformed standpoint, but we would not be considered a quote-unquote reformed church. We'd be considered a non-denom church and there's a lot of churches like that. So I think that the 20% is probably low. Um, you know, so so we're probably, you know, you're probably hovering right around 25%. Wow, that, I would think that would be gracious. And you think, like last night, Chris, you told me, I think you manifested too, you told me to pray to God and ask God why he refuses to give me the the true belief of Calvinism. Is that how you view everybody who's not a Calvinist that no, no, no God for not, some reason it's just me? No, it's, it's just, just me. It's just you. So so the the deal is man is that like oh. we've talked about this a bunch of times that you have an extremely legalistic take on the Christian faith and that your extreme legalism is what I'm trying to say that you need to pray to God that he snaps you out of being a Pharisee. It has nothing to do with Calvinism. I don't give a rip if you ever believe Calvinism 100%. in your whole life. Like, I don't care. Like, Calvinism is not a salvational issue. What I care about is your eternal soul. And right now, I think that you are in absolute danger in your eternal soul. And and what, see, now you're lying, but what, what, um, what have I ever I'm, said? I'm that not lying, I promise you. I, you, Last you sometimes night, hear you said specifically, true. why does God not tell you the truth of Calvinism? That is not specifically you what specifically I said. said. Yes, yeah. it is, 100%. No, it's not. You, no, it's not. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. You're lying. Well, I mean, 100%. Look, you can sit here. And you manifest You, like, seriously, your voice changed, like. manifest this this kind of gnar why very part they're each other apart on the app specific thing saint is that you have a legalistic view of the christian faith and you need to repent and believe on the true jesus not the one that you can control Well, yeah, I guess they did Arminian Day here a couple of weeks ago. So if you guys want to, you guys want to come up and ask questions, you know, relating to, you know, the Reformed faith, we can. And, and let me be really clear: Reformed people do not see non-Reformed people as non-Christians. It's just not a thing. What we say is, you can either be in terms of soteriology, 
and to be orthodox within the pale of orthodoxy in the Christian faith is you can be either Arminian or Calvinist. Those are your two choices. Everything else is non-Christian. And I know that people quibble on what we mean by Arminian. What I mean is that there is a specific moving of God's grace within someone's life that enables them to freely choose God. So there is a libertarian free will aspect to your choices and your libertarian free will is not violated. You simply have a what they call a prevenient work of grace that allows you to positively choose God. Everything else. So if you say, all I have to do is change my mind, that is, that is not Christianity, okay? Um, that has been true for 2,000 years. Um, the idea that you can just simply change your mind, and that is salvation, is a works salvation put forth by Pelagius. And this is why we have been going after Pelagianism for a while is that you need to understand that both Calvinists and Arminians, in terms of soteriology, pardon me, say that you have to have some type of work of God. So in the Calvinist view, it is that regeneration precedes faith. In the Arminian view, it is that prevenient grace will lead you to the decision-making point where you can either choose for God positively or reject God. Both of those systems are within Christianity. Pelagianism is not. Um, this idea of that you can have an internal change of your mind instead of an external prompting, that you can seek yourself in sort of a, you know, meditate on yourself that can lead you to salvation, that is that is a heresy called Cassianism. That was in the 8th century. Um, the idea that you will be saved no matter what, and you don't ever have to make any choice whatsoever, that's called hyper-Calvinism. Um, and again, that is outside of the Christian faith. So you've got five choices, three of them are heresy, two of them are not, and this is within the philosophy of soteriology. And so all we're saying is, as Reformed people, you want to be Arminian? Mazel tov. Like, I disagree with it. I don't think that libertarian free will is a thing. I think it's very difficult to, um, to defend. Uh, but, you know, that's, that's cool. Like, no problem. Um, as Calvinists, uh, we believe that you have to have regeneration preceding faith, that you have a heart of stone, and God takes out your heart of stone, gives you a heart of flesh. Your heart of flesh then does what your heart of flesh wants to do, and that is exercise faith in God. And all of that happens at exactly the same time. So really, it's splitting hairs, and this is why we say it's a secondary issue. This is why we don't you know, run around to Arminian churches or going to Wesleyan churches and anathematizing them. This is why we don't you know, run around and are like, oh, you're, you're not saved, and you're not saved, and you're not saved. Now, Saint, your particular, your particular issue is that you want to continue to talk about legalism and the things that you can do 
And it seems like the conversations that we've had is that it seems like you are doing these things to keep your salvation. And that is the problem that we have. So go ahead, Tasha. Yeah, like as a secondary issue, it doesn't mean that we break fellowship. Like we can have these kinds of conversations and still be edified and still be, um, you know, grown and, and look, your faith is something that evolves. Your beliefs are something that evolves. You don't stay like, you don't stay the same way for 60 years, right? As a Christian, um, if you're not growing in your, and your beliefs changing to some degree, conforming to what the word of God says, then, then are you even walking with the Lord? Are you reading your scriptures? Are you, you know, there's lots of questions that need to be asked at that point. Um, and so I think, I agree, Chris, with what you just said completely. I think that there's, um, you know, some questions that need to be had across the board when we're when we're te- testing the brethren to see, you know, if they are truly a part of, of the church, right? Like there's there's things that the scriptures tell us that we need to be checking. You know, do they have fruit? Are they obedient to the word? You know, all these different things. And it's not a checklist, right? Christianity is not a checklist that you come to every day. Okay, I need to feed the hungry. I need to, you know, check on the widows. I need to, you know, X, Y, Z, right? Like it's not those things. And I think um, just what little that I have have been a part of the groups, um, there's a lot of that out there. There's a lot of people that want that, that checkbox Christianity, the checklist that says, okay, I need to do X, Y, and Z. Um, oh, did I read my Bible for 15 minutes? Did I, you know, say a five minute prayer this morning when I woke up? Right. But that's not what our faith is. That's not what Christianity is. And when you, when you take that, that perspective and you take that stance with, with your walk, then that is then legalism. That, that is something that's completely different. Um, and that's showing that you have a salvation, a belief of salvation that's based on works. for anybody like the the idea that you know they've shown time that they're unwilling to you know cast off that you know i've got to do xyz uh in order to keep my salvation like okay like we're just gonna agree to disagree and i'm really afraid for your soul i can never tell someone's actual salvation i can never tell if somebody is truly saved or not all i can do is say look these are the things that we see in the scripture these are the things that happened with you know the pharisees and these are the things that happened with the sadducees don't be in that number yeah absolutely and i I think too like let me be honest, um, if I can, and just say, like, when I first came um, to faith and first, you know, started attending church, I think there was a little bit of that check mark, right? Like, in order for you to get in the habit of reading your scripture, like, I had a desire, but it was not a habit, right? Like, I wanted to be in the word, but mm, 
it was hard and I struggled big time. And then you come to conversations like this and it's, it's almost off-putting because you don't understand, right? Those words aren't in the scriptures. Those words, you know, it, it's difficult. And so I think there was a sense where in the beginning of my faith, I needed a little bit of that check mark to get me in those habits to, to um, keep me on that seeking after God and in that that space um and so I will I will give somebody that like when you're new in the faith I think there is a little bit of that in order for us to start start training um ourselves to to be to learn how to sit in the presence of God right that's a hard thing to do as a new believer um because it is you know you get all these mixed messages on what that should look like and how that should look and um you know, the things that have to take place. And that's not necessarily the case. Um, but there was that little bit of, okay, I got to read my Bible today. Like, did I get it done? Yeah. Discipline's always super important as well. That's why we're disciples. We are trying to learn discipline. And I fail at it all the time. <laughs> so, Hey, Pastor Mark. Pastor Mark, you're muted if you're trying to speak. Well, while well, he figures that out, I'm back. How's it going? Hey, Nate. This is pretty good. Welcome back, brother. Apparently, I was manifesting last night, whatever that means. <laughs> what? Did someone accuse no, you of being a witch or something? Yeah, it's the same old, same old thing with Saint, you know, because he, you know, he's got this legalistic thing going on, and I keep trying to warn him, like, hey, bro, like, you can't be a legalist, like, that's not going to help you. Is there something, is there, like, a different approach we can take for him? Like, can we say, uh, yes, you need to cut yourself and pray a thousand times a day and give us all your money, and that will get you into heaven? Absolutely. By the way, don't do that. No one do that. No one ever do that. I don't think anyone's going to do that. Do you think it's like uh, lobotomies in the 50s, like how it's like, you know, when they found insane people, it's like they would, like, do what would make a normal person crazy. If they would do that to crazy people, thinking it would make them sane by having the opposite effect. So should we we just, like, be like, bro, we're going to hit you so heavy with works-based salvation that you're going to see how crazy it is. And it's going to have the opposite effect. So look, all joking aside, I think it's, I think. I'm not okay, joking. I'm going to, I'm going to give you some hard truth. Okay. Like I've, I've only been sitting in your rooms for, for a little while, but I can honestly say like you two are intimidating and it's hard to see sarcasm in the group. If you guys don't know those cues. And so I'm going to say this and it may hurt your feelings and I apologize ahead of time. But, like, you guys are harsh when it comes to offering grace. Like, it's, it's hard. It's hard to listen to you guys and see. What, yeah, like, what do you mean? Clarification? Do you put me and Chris on the exact same level? 
Well, I have listened to Chris a lot more than I have you, but when you guys are together is what I'm talking about. Like when you guys are together, like, especially in this room, right? Because obviously that's where I, I see you guys together, but like, it's hard to see where you guys are coming from. And if you guys are serious or not serious on a lot of things. And so like when you're coming and, and correcting somebody, um, and of course, I don't know how long you've been walking with, with anybody in this group. Cause I've only been here for a week maybe. Um, but it, it's difficult. Like it's kind of off putting at first to listen to you guys. Like it, I don't, at first I didn't see any edification and I didn't see any, any corrective cr criticism. It was, it was kind of rough. So just putting that on the table. Well, yeah, I mean, you're right. And there's a, there's a steep learning curve to this group, you know, um, and I need to be less acerbic um, and show a bit more grace. I think you're correct on that. I'm not going to, I'm not going to, I'm not going to disagree. Y'all are terrible, terrible. I mean, this is something I, I admonish, is that too tough, Chris, about very, very often. But if people put me in the same category of not super grace as Chris, then I won't argue. I'll just say, good Lord, I've got soul searching to do. Now, Thank look, you, Tasha. I, I, I know my words are harsh. I'm sorry. But, like, I really think – so I know whenever – a year ago when I first got on this app, right, and then I got off this app. But when I first got on this app, the whole reason I came to this this – this specific, um, I don't know, what is it called, room, um, was because I had legit questions, and I was struggling, like, I needed to know genuinely what, what this belief was, and I had searched the scriptures and was still struggling, and so, like, that's one thing, um, Nate, that I can say, like, I really appreciate the fact that you're allowing a space for somebody to come and ask questions, but I do think that, um, we need to be careful when we have, we, I don't, you may know your room, hopefully, hopefully I would assume that you would know your room a lot better than what I do because I've not been a whole lot of times in it, but um, I would hate for somebody to be put off or um, completely shipwrecked because of some of the stuff that, that is said and the arguments that take place. Um, and and there's, a, there's a time and a place for those. Absolutely. I completely agree. And I think whenever iron sharpens iron, there's sparks that fly. Like I'll give you guys all that. But I think that there is, there needs to be some genuine, um, not that you're not genuine. That's not maybe the best word, but the opportunity for people to come and have that constructive criticism in a, a loving grace filled way. Not that it's super love, super grace, you know what I mean? But in a way that they can genuinely ask a question and not be fearful of the answer. Chris, I want to say she's talking to you, but I guess I'm grouped in with you, so you go ahead and feel that one. <laughs> I'm a I'm a bad influence on you is the th is the problem. So, um, no, I mean I I genuinely take that, Tasha. And so what I would say is like, yeah, I I mean I joke around a lot, and a lot of times people don't know if I'm joking or if I'm serious, and that's that's something we need to work on. I mean I, Tasha, can you? Saint keeps asking 
anything to be brought up. I keep clicking yes, and apparently it's not working. So I don't know if you want to – I don't know what happened. I don't know if he freaked out or there was a reason he was moved or if he moved himself. But, I mean, if it's good with you guys who were here, yeah, because I keep trying and failing. But, I mean, I agree with everything you're saying, Tasha. So, I mean, if I'm not doing that somehow or if you just hear Chris and maybe heard me yell at a guy one time, which I don't really yell. Usually it's something snarky and I drop them. But, I mean uh, – <laughs> But yeah, I, mean, I, like, like I want people to ask pretty much whatever they want, and I, I like to think I have a lot of grace. Like, I'm not really the yelling and screaming type. Like, I'm not, you know, trying to damn everyone I meet to hell. That's that's Chris's job. <laughs> um, but, I mean, look, if someone's like, hey, I'm a Satanist. I worship Satan. You all suck. Christians are evil. I spit at your God. I'm like, I hear what you're saying. I disagree. Here's why. Here's why you should reconsider. Like, I, I typically don't get super revved up. Um so, I mean, I want to say that's Chris's job, but, I mean, I guess it's my responsibility because, you know, here he is. <laughs> Nate, so you were you were kind of point, saying that I need – you need to speak to me in a different manner because something is not getting through to me. And that's, that's about, like, work salvation. Now, what have I said that – that makes that worries you that I think my works are what I count on to obtain salvation. Cause I thought I've been super clear on this and you guys still, still have doubts. And that just concerns me. I don't, do you just not believe me? Saint, I will say one of the things I'm getting testy about is being included in like groups and you guys when I am not one of you the people just, you're talking about. So, you no, no, just address me about, about Saint, you, crazy you people. Asked, okay. You asked, so I'm yep. trying to answer you. Okay. So the answer is, just because I ask something, you hear it through the lens of Chris saying you're a heretic and not saved, that's not what I'm doing. So if that's what you think I'm doing, because you've heard it from Chris so many times, we are not conjoined tw twins. I have different thoughts. So all I hear, like your salvation is between you and God, so whatever. Um, but when you ask our advice, it's always, what can you do? Something you can do. Something you can do. And, I mean, my evidence is just replay, like, you know, every conversation we've ever had. So I'm not questioning your like that. I think you've got a lot of questions and a lot of stuff going on. Um, so that's where I'm coming from. Like, after I've, like, yesterday we spent, like, 30 minutes trying to offer you actual practical things. Uh, was it Tasha or it was someone else that was here that was offering stuff too, straight out of the Bible? And it's like yeah, you still had more questions. Okay, then it was someone else. Um, and we were offering you practical things, and it just gets frustrating when there is nothing else we can put on the table, and you're like rejecting it all, and you're like, well, I still need something else. Well, I still okay, need something else. right like, there. Dude, what did I reject? What did I reject that you guys said yesterday? I can name three things that I amened and was like, that's that's good. I never thought of that. Now I want you to not slander me and name one thing I rejected. Hey, Saint, can, if I, if, Nate, if you don't no, mind. No, Nate, Nate, please, because this is, this is really troubling. 
What did well, one so thing that I rejected yesterday? Being in Nate. the room yesterday, whenever you you were speaking, say, and we were we were talking with you, I think just the way that you kept asking felt like you were rejecting what was being said, whether you actually outright rejected it or not. Um, I never heard that, but what I did hear is you continuing to ask like those answers weren't good enough, and it did seem at that point like you were rejecting. Okay, what did I say to say one thing wasn't good enough? No, that's what I'm saying. Like, whenever you continue to ask, okay, well, what do I need to do? Okay, what do I need to do? Okay, then what do I need I to do? I never said, what do I need to do? Never said, what do I need to do? Never once. Yeah, yeah, actually, you did. Whenever you said, you know, what what does one need to do in order to, to gather more treasures in heaven? That was your exact question. And so... No, yeah, my actually... question was... My question was, I was just looking for things like, because there's things that I do. Some people can have, can think outside of my box. Like we have different ideas. And when people said, you know, preaching the gospel and you get, you get criticized for it. I was like, amen. That's a good one. Um, yeah. Never once was I like, what do I need to do to store up treasures in heaven? It was and I even said, I'm not coming at this like in a, in a negative manner. I was honestly just looking for ideas on, on what we can all do, trying to build up the body so we can all be storing up treasures in heaven. Because to me, it would be absolutely dumb as hell not to store up treasures in heaven daily. You would have to be stupid. We're going to be living in eternity for eternity. We are here for just a a drop of drop in a bucket. Like it's nothing. Like nothing I said was contentious yesterday. Nothing. I was like, oh my God, what do I need to do? It was it was an honest question. And then I instead you guys look at me in a negative manner that it's not good enough. Like where I never hinted at any of that. Like to me that's that's troubling. So what I think the, pro, the the disconnect here is that you keep saying like, okay, what do we do to store up treasures in heaven? The entire message of the scripture and the entire message of Jesus is that it is not stuff that you do. It is your heart. And it is making sure that your heart is attuned to walking with Jesus. That will simply make it so that the stuff that you do, people will see as good works, but you see as filthy rags. And so all we're saying is that there's not a list of these things that we can do to store up treasures in heaven. Our I'm just looking for advice from brothers, things I could do that maybe they do that I don't do. And now I'm a bad guy because of it. Like, you guys are crazy. That's absolutely insane. No, what we're trying to do is tell you that the message of Christ is that it is about a heart position. It is about who we are in Christ and following Christ, yeah. not with the things that we do, but following Christ with our heart and out of our heart. Exactly. And should anything God commands us to do be burdensome? Should anything he commands us to do be burdensome? The only command he has is for us to love him with all of our heart. And then all of our obedience will flow. And he says, if you love me, obey me. You just reject he that. Says, no, Obedience said, no, means just have a heart for God. 
quoting it incorrectly. What you, what he said is, if you love me, you will keep my you. commandments. This is an idea. So of if you're not keeping his commandments, you should question your love for him. And I would agree a hundred percent. Like if yes, I didn't do what my wife wanted me to do, would I really love her? No. But again, I wouldn't. I'd be like, you're missing the point. You keep missing the point, and this is what we keep trying to drive home over and over and over: is that it is not the stuff that you do; it is your heart position, and then the stuff that you do flows from that and so we're saying take one the disciples and god would so it doesn't matter your church leadership it doesn't matter if you treat your wife right it doesn't matter if if a female's in charge of your church you're not not saying that no i'm not you talk out of both sides of your mouth you talk out of both sides of your mouth no this is is it important to obey or not? How important is it to you, Chris? On your daily walk with God, how important is it? Okay. My One to ten. My obedience. Your walk with it's God. Nonsense, it's a nonsense question. My, my walk with God is not dependent oh. on my obedience. My walk with God is dependent upon my <laughs> That's not what I asked you. I asked you exactly how important is obedience to God in your walk with God I'm daily. How important to raise my voice because you keep talking over me. What you do not get, and the problem, and the reason that I'm saying is that you really need just to answer the question. Quit I'm waffling. Not your You're waffling. Question. Your, your question. Oh, is it's a nonsense question. Exactly. Yes, That's why you think I'm nonsense. Yes, because you're asking the exact same thing that the Pharisees did. Okay, you are a no. Pharisee, the disciples sir. corrected people nonstop. The uh, 80% of the New Testament is correction from the disciples, guiding them, teaching them what to do, what not to do, what to think about, how to have church leadership, how to correct a brother, how to everything. It's all instructions on how to live. You reject all that. It's not important. Just love God. Get them in your heart. That's you. How important is it, Chris? One to ten. You're simply not getting it. You simply, I don't know if there's just something broken inside of you. I don't know if it is that God is hiding himself from you. I don't know what the deal is. Okay? All of us keep telling you, literally every Christian on this app, continually, every day tells you that you are not getting the message of Christianity. The message of Christianity is not your obedience. The message of Christianity is your love for God and your obedience flowing through as an evidence of your love for God. And so how important is obedience in my daily walk? That's the wrong question. The correct question is how important is it that I show obedience every day? And it is extremely important. We are not antinomians. Okay, that just means against the law. What we are saying is that the law of Christ is drawn from our heart. Okay, it is drawn from the Holy Spirit inside of us. And that we naturally, this is what it means in Deuteronomy 22 when it says, 
God will write his law on our heart. This is the same thing as Ezekiel 36. This is the stuff that you're not getting. If you keep looking for all of these like do's and don'ts and practicality in the law in order to do the law, and we're telling you that Christ writes the law on our hearts, and then we do that as an overflow in thanksgiving to him for saving. That is what every Christian has said for the last 2,000 years, and you keep missing it, and this is what I'm talking about. This is why I'm so desperately concerned. Look, Saint, I love you, dude. Like, I want to see you in the kingdom, but you keep rejecting the message of Christ, and it's very concerning, and it may be that you're misspeaking. I don't know. That's the problem. of thoughts i mean it's just doing the same thing and expecting a different result i know out of all this uh you know a couple of us are extending grace and not losing our crap and someone else that's talking about how holy and good works they want to be for not for salvation not for salvation they're totally saved just you know good for goodness sake um that person is losing their mind yelling and screaming at us and i barely said two words so you know if someone wants to know what they could practically do is practice the fruits of the spirit and not freak out on people who are offering you answers to questions you asked us. That's what I think. I mean, I, I, so can somebody give me a check here? Am I completely crazy? Am I answering this totally wrong? Am I some kind of reprobate antinomian? No, I don't think so. I, I think you would be answering it wrong if... I haven't even looked at the stages. He's still here. Did someone move him or did he move himself? Um, no, I moved no. him because he just kept oh. talking. Yeah, I mean, I think the only way you would be answering it wrong from his standpoint, not from accuracy, but from his standpoint, is if you were saying he was doing this for salvation. Um, so from his standpoint, that's the only way you'd be answering it wrong. But if you're not saying that, then no. It's like we're, we're talking about – so no. If you're not saying that's what he's saying – because he's yelled over and over that that's not what he's saying. So if that's not what you're saying, then you're not answering it wrong from the way he views it. Because he's told us a thousand times. So, 68B. So, um, Galatians tells us, right, like if we're doing works, um, then we will die to those works, right? They're not going to bring salvation. And so I don't, I'm not hearing him say these things. Like I'm hearing him ask questions, but Again, I, I this is only day two of me dealing with him and having any kind of interaction. Um, and so I think we do need to ask these questions. I think that there is a point where, you know, we should be having some conversations. We should be spurring each other to good works, right? Like scriptures tell us that. We, I think every one of us could agree to that, right? Um, and I don't know if that's like where he's coming from. Oh, sorry. Um, I don't know if that's where he's coming from or if maybe we're just understanding and, and what he's trying to say, right? Like, I don't know. But if that is what he's asking and he is asking, okay, how can we spur each other to good works? Then, then that's a completely different conversation.
Well, this was fun. <laughs> Did Chris get a call or something? Or is he beating his head against this wall? Maybe both. I'm very close to an alligator lake, and I'm waiting in waste <laughs> at this point. So, if you suddenly hear a scream and some nomming noises, that's probably what it is. No, I'm I'm heading into a client right now. Well, you want to go uh, anything else? Otherwise, this is normally my stopping point. Okay. Well, everyone, <laughs> thanks for being here, I guess. We will see you all later. Take hey, care. Thanks for having me. <laughs> all right, so thanks. Like we'll come back. We'll see you next time. All, all right, right, bye. bye.